I'm your host, Zach. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Happy Halloween, all you crazy kids. Yes. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's eerie. I don't know. I was try trying to make it minor. I thought you were just making it spooky. I guess that does make it spooky. Minor is spooky. I don't think I totally succeeded in what I was trying to do. Oh. You're fine. Thanks. I... Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Why so? Uh, because I love costumes and I love becoming other people or characters. Yeah. Uh, so Halloween, I know that I could just do that. Hmm. But Halloween kind of gives you a venue to do it where a bunch of people are celebrating it with you. You know, I wish people took it a, a step further. Really? Like, I love the idea that you dress up as different things. But I also wish human beings used it more as a, let me walk a mile in these person's shoes for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you dressed up like a witch and you're like, oh man, witches were persecuted in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. you, re you realize that. Or people that, you know, do gender swapping things like, you know, see what it's like to be a lady or a gentleman for the evening and really focus on uh, some empathy. I want them to appreciate how the other half lives. You know, even if it's a fictitious character. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of people wear the costumes, but they don't invest into playing the role. Oh. I'll say. A couple years ago, I dressed as Freddie Mercury, and I certainly didn't invest in playing the role. I think that would be... That would be a tough experience. Yeah, but why not do that? Why not... If you're gonna put all this effort in to step outside of yourself... Why not fully commit to doing that? I think it's just a little, it's a, kind of a lot of effort for one night. Yeah. You know, I will, I will add some asterisks, asterisks mm -hmm. uh, to this. Um, you know, if you're, if you're playing a nightmarish ghoul that kills people, I don't think you should go around killing people for the night. Uh-huh. So there are limits to it. I don't know. We talk about... Seems like you haven't ironed out all of the rules of what you want from Halloween. Well, I'm just interesting in the in the whole process of what Halloween is, uh -huh. because like most holidays, uh, this is our first holiday episode, by the way. Happy first, yeah, happy first happy holiday first, episode. Happy first holiday episode. It's, it's really an honor. Well, the funny thing about human beings and their holidays is it's a series of made up things mm -hmm. that then become tradition, but it's kind of like a long game of telephone. Oh, sure, so, passed down through generations. Yeah, exactly. So throughout history. I get to watch it change over and over again. But then that generation goes, but it's always been this way. This and, is how. And you're this... sitting there like, no, 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 no. no. It's almost not never it been that way until right now. Is that hilarious to watch as like a game of telephone is hilarious at the end? Yeah, I guess so. In, in, in some ways. Um, it bothers me with how strict people hold to those traditions because they go, oh, it's always been this way. So we have to do it this way. Mm hmm. You know, that's a, that's a weird thing to, to watch. But it is fun to watch the game of telephone happen. There's a lot of t holidays that started off very dark. Mm -hmm. People were very um, uh, obsessed with death. And it's not that people aren't obsessed with death right now. It's just more, you see a lot less of it. Uh huh. You yourself watch a lot less people die. You don't have to deal with it hands-on every right, day. Right, right. And so... There were a lot of things that people did because, you know, you, you watch a lot of death front and center. Mm -hmm. You're in the same village and half the village dies, you know, it's the talk of the town. Yeah. And you were probably there for most of it. And you've got to find some way to process it as like a, 
I don't, I don't know, making a ritual out of it, I suppose. Well, they did. So there's also, you know, Halloween starts with the, there was the Celtic tradition of Samhain. You know, because where they were, half of the year was kind of sunny and nice, and then this is kind of the marker of, you know, winter. Mm-hmm. Things are getting dark. Sun's out a lot less. Yeah. And so they started, well, because those things are happening, you have less crops. So people are going hungry. So people are going hungry. Sure. And then a lot of people die in the winter. So how did that transform into going out in costumes and getting candy? I mean, we don't have to go through the whole history. There's a lot of markers. No, we don't have the time to. Changed. But But the basic idea is like this time of the year, the fall, Mm -hmm. which is people... People now celebrate by pumpkin spicing everything. Sure. There's pumpkin spice barbecue wings now, and, you know, everything is pumpkin spice. That's, yeah. that's the new tradition, which they'll look back on and go, we've always had pumpkin spice, you know. And the people will be really angry about it. Right, exactly. So, but Halloween, you know, it started off with Samhain, and, and, and that was just because it was like fall, this is this is that marker where days start getting dark, and mm-hmm. you know we should we should pay attention to that. A lot of dark things happening, yes. including a lot of death. And then you know the the thing that the Catholics were really good at was adapting and changing holidays. You know, so then you had All Saints Day, which mm-hmm. became All Hallows Day, which was on November first, and then that became you know All Hallows Eve, which was the day before, because mm-hmm. they wanted to get rid of Samhain. You know, they were they were. Edging in on their turf. Did that with Christmas, too. Apparently yeah. that was appropriated from a yeah. pagan ceremony. Yeah, they did a lot thing. of that. You know, and, and, and there's a lot of traditions that have sort of started over time. Like, when you look at trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. that's because Halloween being this time that all these dark things happen, people went crazy. People got into some shit. They would break things and, you know, destroy buildings and light things on fire. Mm-hmm. And um, so why not send the children out to take the brunt of the attack? Well, because it was the children that were breaking things. Oh, the mischief. Yes. Uh, yes. Lots of pranks and it got carried away. And they learned that if you bribe them with candy, mm-hmm. they're not going to destroy your home. Hence, trick or treat. So the children are the focal point of Halloween. Uh, my question for you, because you just said that you would love to see people take it a step further. Should we find it pathetic that adults celebrate Halloween, or is it a good thing? I think it's a good thing. I'll tell you the thing that's gotten weird about it is the sexy everything costumes. Sure. Why do you need to be a sexy pencil or a sexy remote control? Well, I think Halloween is also a time, you know, for going out dancing and socializing, and, you know, the singles of the world can kind of flaunt their wares, as it were. Well, I, I like the idea that, you know, it's a time for people to express themselves in a different way. They let their hair down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, don't be so uptight about things. But that doesn't well, explain... You don't think that ex- can express itself sexually? Well, no, it's not about it expressing itself sexually. I don't have a problem with people being sexual with each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that you sexualize a remote control. I think it's... I think it's creative. Well, for example, this year, there's a sexy Mr. Rogers costume. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, that, that's a good guy. And, and he is the symbol of kindness and sweetness. And now you're going, yeah, but we're going to do sex stuff with it. That's kind of a rule 34 of Halloween costumes. Right. If it exists, it will be sexualized. But I'll also add this on to it. You know, maybe I don't even have as much of a problem with that as I do with the fact that 
if you're going to be a remote control for a night, be a remote control. Mm -hmm. Live that experience. I wonder what it's like to have somebody push my buttons all the time and I don't have any say. Yeah, but that then what you're doing with being a sexy remote control is you're transforming, you're rethinking oh, those buttons. Oh, I see where buttons. you're going with this, yeah. Yeah, let, what is it like to have yeah. someone push my buttons on Yeah, that? you turn it into a sex fantasy now. Yeah, you, you body positivity for inanimate objects. Well, fine, listen, if you dress up as a, as a sexy remote control and it gets you and your partner off into a good place, you know, you have my blessing. You just think it's weird. Well, I think it's weird that you dress as a sexy remote control and then don't follow it to the nth degree. Okay, so commit. Commit to it. Finish the act. Finish the act. Halloween is fun in the fact that it gives a lot of people an open mind and a chance to try something new every year. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, when you talk about the difference between adults and kids, kids play pretend all the time. Mm -hmm. Adults can do that too, they just don't. They save it for special days in the year. Like Valentine's Day. You should be romantic more than once a year, guys and gals. And but Valentine's Day is a day to play pretend with your significant Right, other. exactly. I think it's funny that there are so many holidays celebrating so many random things. You know, you just don't need a holiday to do it. Mm -hmm. Wear a costume if you like wearing costumes. You know, human beings also have this weird thing with wanting to scare themselves. That's another thing. Yeah. The fear plays a huge part into this holiday, right? Sure, sure does. W yeah. Why uh, why do we feel a need to appreciate that once a year? Well, you know, I'll say there is there are some health benefits to it. A little dose of fear keeps you keeps you sane. It also allows you to appreciate other things. You know, also human beings nowadays unless you're living in really terrible parts of the world, you you got it pretty good. Which means it's kind of a luxury to scare yourself because there are a lot of people living in terrifying situations that are scared every day. They don't go see horror movies. Yeah. You're adding in that balance that needs to exist in the universe. From a different perspective, from somebody who is scared every day, I'm sure that our lives where we celebrate fear for one day would read like some sort of young adult science fiction story. Right. Well, if you went to a person in history that's in the middle of a war zone, you know, who's having people slaughtered right next to them, and then you show them Halloween, they're not going to think the movie's that great. Uh -huh. They're going to go, why would you watch that? Why would you want to see people get murdered and cut up and, you know, that's horrifying. Yeah. I'm super traumatized in my life right now. You know, I don't want to see that. Sure. But human beings that don't experience it, they go, oh, that's a charge. We need to scratch that itch. Yeah, somehow. we need to scratch that itch. Makes you feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing that you've built into us, isn't it? Being close to death gives you a comparison so which you can appreciate life more. Mm -hmm. It's it. So how do you explain pumpkin spice? I don't know. It's a flavor. You know, I never know what trends are going to pick up and move forward. Mm -hmm. I don't know why everyone wants to make things pumpkin flavored. You know, I know why pumpkins are big for Halloween. That's because they are ripe around this time. Mm -hmm. That's it. It is, it is the food that grows and it's finished growing around the end of October. Yeah. And then therefore they're like, well, we got a lot of pumpkins. Uh-huh. Got to do something with these or they're going to rot. 
And so we carve them and make faces and put candles in them. Well, that... are, when you start interrogating all these little things, it's really strange. Well, that comes from there was this character and this myth of Jack O'Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, made a deal with a devil and, you know, he, he came back with a, with a flame from hell. You know, and all these scary stories. Yeah. But the funny thing about Jack O'Lantern, when he brought that flame back from hell, he put it in a turnip. Not a pumpkin. No. We, we translated that later on into being a pumpkin because pumpkins were available. And they were easier to carve than turnips. You know, pumpkin carving is nice. It's therapeutic. Sure. It's, it's, the, it's the exact consistency to kind of like, you don't have to be a pro. You know, if you are a wood carver, you got to get some serious tools to right. do that. But pumpkins, it's, it's soft enough but hard enough to take shape. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty magical. I carved a pumpkin this year. Oh, great. You know, I carved it as the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And uh, it's it a real out... winner. You should all look at Zach's Instagram and see it. It came out pretty good, better than I thought it would. Great. So Yeah, I like the tradition of carving pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I like any tradition that brings people together. Well, speaking of bringing people together, we're bringing together you, me, and an amazing guest today. Yeah. That Okay, this person, I am so excited to have this person on to discuss Halloween because she's the only person that I would trust Halloween in her hands. Okay. So her name is Kalinda Gray. Great. And um, she, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, she, she cosplays, she does princess parties, she's obsessed with Sleepy Hollow, and she's just wonderful, and she's just obsessed with Halloween. Awesome. So we've got to talk to her. Let's dive into it. Okay. After this break. In the spirit of Halloween, we have a spooky and thrilling new horror movie to share. Thrilling. Check out The Things That Haunt Us, now available to rent or buy on Amazon and... It is now officially streaming on Amazon Prime. No way. Yes way. Seven short films by seven directors, and guess what, God? What? I'm one of those directors. I knew that. Heck yeah. I was very excited about it. So I directed one of these movies. Uh, My particular movie is called For You Anything, and it is part of the Things That Haunt Us anthology series. It's super good. If you think he's a good host, he's a much better director. Oh, you're just saying. And this is an official endorsement and decree by God. Go watch The Things That Haunt Us on Amazon today. And I'll know if you didn't. All right, God? Yeah? This is Kalinda Gray. Hi, God. Hi, Kalinda. (laughs) How are you? I like that you introduced us like I don't know who she is. (laughs) I don't know. I thought they would add some. You know what? You're right. She's the one human being I don't know. I'm pretty pale, you can see right yeah. through me, so. Ooh. Like a ghost. Yeah, like exactly. Ghost. Maybe that's why I had to introduce you, because tonight, Halloween, we're all different entities. Oh. Who knows who is who? Yeah. I wish I could wear a costume, that'd be fun. I was going to ask you if you ever dress up, but then, you know, based on what you've told me about your non-corporeal existence, yeah, it seems hard. like you couldn't even pull that off. I could, I could pretend to be things. Ooh. I'm Dracula. I'm a vampire god this year. It's pretty good. 
But Kalinda, mm-hmm. first of all, thanks. Of course. Thanks so much for being here. Yes. You were, I was just, I was just talking to God and to the listeners about you and how um, you are the huh authority <laughs> about this holiday. <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> Uh, what were you just doing that was Sleepy Hollow related? Oh yeah, I was doing um, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's actually, it was the West Coast premiere of a uh, version of it. Very theatrical, very stylized. Mm, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I got to do that for six weeks and we sold out every performance, which was really cool. Sounds rad. Yeah, and I played uh, Katrina Van Tassel. And I've actually been to the real Sleepy Hollow five times now, so that was pretty cool. Which is where? That's in upstate New York. It's actually in Terrytown. And just in, I think it was 2007, they officially changed the name of this really small village in Terrytown to Sleepy Hollow. So now it's actually known as Sleepy <laughs> Hollow. so awesome. Yeah. Is there truth to Sleepy Hollow? Is there it, like, sure based is. based on something? Yeah, Washington Irving uh, was roaming around the countryside and met the actual, um, the Van Tassel family is actually a real family in Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow. Yep. And there's a legend that goes all the way back to that time. Uh, the Van Tassel family farm was infiltrated by Hessian soldiers. and Oh yeah, I remember the Hessian yes, aspect and of this. Exactly, like the Tim Burton film really gets into that. Doesn't really look like Christopher Walken with the pointy teeth and everything, but <laughs> still pretty good badass. It's good to imagine. Yeah, exactly. And uh, their farm was burnt down and uh, their baby was actually taken pity on by a Hessian soldier. And the soldier gave it back to the Van Tassel family. Then a couple years later, they were wandering through the woods and they came across the body of a headless Hessian soldier. And so what they did is they actually buried him in the Van Tassel plot at the Old Dutch Cemetery, which is a true Mm -hmm. church, true cemetery. And he's in an unmarked grave there. So and they just no one knows where the head is. No, um, and no one knows where the body is either. Whoa. But Washington Irving had heard there's so many ghost stories and all kinds of things even to this day uh, that originate in this area in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, people were super paranoid up there. Super paranoid. Well, you had all kinds of stuff going on. God, I mean, you had Indian attacks. Um, you had you know the Revolutionary War. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, so. but that's also like you know. That's the kind of thing that causes mass hysteria. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Witch hunts and things like that. Well, it's a trippy thing. So, you know, people talk about ghosts and scary things and hearing sounds and seeing stuff. Your mind works in a way where it's kind of the same thing that allows you to have hallucinogens. Mm -hmm. If you believe something's there, you'll see it. And you'll hear it. Okay. Isn't that terrifying? I... Here's where I have to I have to interject because this is going to be fascinating. I have a feeling that you have one opinion on this and you have another opinion on this. <laughs> Kalinda, you've seen a ghost before. Yes, I used to, I was a paranormal investigator and so was my dad. So I kind of continued on the family business. What, yeah. what have you seen? I seem to remember oh a picture of like a, um, it was like a pool, an underground pool or something like that. You yeah, actually my, my very first investigation was on the Queen Mary. Have you, you know about the Queen Mary, right? Yeah, Kyle? I'm there right now. It's yeah. Is, kind it, of... is it scary right now? Well, it's not scary for me because even when the lights are off, I see everything. <laughs> He's got great eyes, great, so many cones in there. He's all seeing. All He's got yeah. billions it makes of cones. Sense. That's part of the all seeing things. But There's a lot of things that live in the dark. So speaking of seeings and living in the dark, right. yeah. how do you feel about ghosts? How do I feel about well, ghosts or well, are ghosts real? Yeah, both. Because those are two different questions. Okay, both. So, so uh, yeah, two questions for you. <laughs> how do I feel about ghosts? Um, I think that human beings are creative. Uh, you know, are ghosts real? 
in the way that people think about ghosts, like they're dead people that are somehow doing things in the in the the, the supernatural world. Not necessarily. Not in the way that you would imagine it. So here's what I'll say. When people die, they become a part of the universe, mm -hmm. energetically speaking. And as a part of that energetic things, just like I can kind of like move things around and, you know, a lot of energy can influence something. I mean, you experience it all the time. There's energy moving through the world. You feel it. Mm -hmm. There's also, you know, if a person walks into a room that's had a bad day, oh, you know. Okay. You know that. And you know the moment they've walked in, and you also don't have to be looking at that person. You just know. There is a thing that is moving in all of us. And so when you are in a haunted place, that's the thing that you're feeling. So you think that's people. energy that people have left behind. So it's more so an imprint, so to speak. Yeah, well, that energy, you put a lot of energy into a space. So the same thing is true, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that have done this rice experiment. Mm -hmm. So if you took, uh, took some rice and some water, and you put, you have three jaws of it, and you put one in one room, one in the other room, one in the other room. One of them, you just leave it alone. One of them, you walk into that room and you tell this rice all the bad things that you got going on. You really give it to this rice good. Hurt its feelings. Uh -huh. The other room, you, you shower that rice with joy. You tell her you love it. You tell her it looks amazing. Uh -huh. The rice that you've been mean to is going to rot faster, okay? And the rice that you were putting good things into is, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to last a lot longer. But that's also because energy affects things on a molecular level. People have studied this. Mm -hmm. They've been able to capture different emotions and water molecules. You know, they can freeze it and go, ooh, that was a sad one. Mm -hmm. That was happy and all those things. So those emotional energies exist in spaces. But if you've got a place like an insane asylum, lots of bad people going through lots of things, of course it's going to be permeating in the space. Well, that actually leads to another question I have for you, God. Um, so I actually personally believe that most of the investigations that I've conducted or I've gone through or things that I've experienced have actually been energetic imprints mm. and that places aren't necessarily haunted by something that is... Um, A demon? Not, yeah, not even that, but just that, uh, uh, you know, kind of a living, breathing energy, so to speak. Sure. However... Um, what my job used to be, and I still do here and there from time to time, is EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. So mm -hmm. it's uh, collecting spirit voices and things like that. I have, in fact, the first one I ever got was on the Queen Mary. It's a little girl that's in the pool room area that has wow. been there for at least 30 years. And everyone always gets the same voice. And she actually communicates back and forth. So she's having an intelligent conversation, which is very rare to get. But of course, since I was I was very spoiled with my first EVP being this little girl answering me back. I remember the question was, okay, you're going to have to speak really loudly into my recorder so we can get you. Is that okay? And you hear this little girl answer back, okay. And you didn't, you don't hear it at the time. EVP is very interesting because you don't usually hear it at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it does record on both analog recorder and digital recorder. Yeah. So wow. I'm trying to figure out um, why, so if you think it's just energy, why we do sometimes as uh, paranormal researchers get intelligent answers or communication back and forth with the questions we ask. Well, I can answer yeah. that one. Yeah, go ahead. First of all, you're experiencing EVP right now. Okay. I'm talking to you. That's true. Right. Energetically. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And we're here. Best it. DVP session yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. Well, Hands and down. it's super interactive. <laughs> I'll answer your questions. You know, what's interesting is people have this idea of what consciousness is. You know, 
Plants are conscious, but they don't have a brain. They have a group of cells that all know different things. You know, a really great way of experiencing the, the bizarro level of consciousness that human beings can't seem to grasp, yet exists all the time? Look at breastfeeding. I know that that may sound like a weird segue, but here's how it works. Okay. When you're breastfeeding, you're not creating milk, all right? You're creating a grocery list that is like a communication between the baby and the mother. The baby, through oxytocin, sends a grocery list saying, Hey, Mom, could use some vitamin B, um, could use all these different things. And the mother's body then goes and gets all those things, mm -hmm. brings it back, makes the milk, gives it to the baby. Now, with your human idea of consciousness of having a brain, you go, How is that possible? How is this grocery list passed back and forth between the mother and the child? Because consciousness exists on all kinds of layers. Just because things don't have brains doesn't mean that they're not thinking and they can't have responses to things. I guess that, ex that, that doesn't quite explain ghosts. Well, we're talking about the it's consciousness of a baby, or of a, of a spiritual girl that is responding. That can be intact. Right. What I'm saying is consciousness exists in all kinds of ways that you just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yes, consciousness Definitely. can exist yeah. in, in energetic forms and have a response. It doesn't need... Uh, a base brain thing to allow it to respond to you and to be thinking. Kalinda, why, why were you not scared of this? I've definitely had, well, <laughs> the first time I was in there was with the group. So, you know, if we're experiencing something and we all experience it together, you have that camaraderie. Yeah. Um, I was in the pool room a couple years later. This was probably several years ago. And I was on my own by myself. And I was on the top level of the pool room and I said, Jackie, that's the little, that's the name that we've all kind of attributed to this little kid. Mm -hmm. Jackie, are you here? And I felt a very, very sharp, very definitive tug on the oh, back of my jacket, weird. which spooked the crap out of me. And I, to this day, say I will never go back in there on my own because I didn't have anybody else to turn to and go, did you feel, did you feel that? Did you see something? Did you, you hear that? You were just alone on this one. I was alone. So that's probably the one and only time I've been spooked because there mm. was no denying what I felt. And it's like, you know, I didn't have anybody else there with me. So mm -hmm. kind of sucks because, you know, take it for what it's worth. I don't know if you believe my story or not, but I know what I experienced. So do you do you like the the fear aspect of Halloween or do you like the pageantry aspect of Halloween more? I definitely the latter. Mm -hmm. I'm not so much into I I haven't seen the it movies. I I'm not really into like mm. gory, scary. God, I just feel like there's so much crap going on in the world just as it is. It's like, yeah. why do I need to see bloody, you know? And that's <laughs> in my okay. Free time. Yeah, I don't need to see a clown eating children and ripping their limbs off, you know? I'm just kind of like there's already an, an humans creating enough crap in this world. Yeah. So, I just love kind of the escape aspect of it. And I had wonderful, some of my most wonderful memories as a kid, some of the happiest times of our, of our lives was around Halloween because mm -hmm. I had, um, my dad was really into the, ho the holiday. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, and I like the mysteriousness that um, comes with it too. So, on that note, I have another question for sure. you. Sure. Um, so, we talk about, like, especially around Halloween, we talk about monsters and, like, Bigfoot or, uh, uh, you know, 
ghosts or whatever, vampires, all that kind of thing. A lot of people around the world seem to still believe in these things, which you could term as elementals. Yeah. Um, like last October, I went to Romania for Halloween, which was awesome. I was in Dracula, one of the castles Vlad Dracul, Vlad Tepish was yeah. imprisoned in. This is incredible. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, you go out there and you go to Shigishwara where he was born and people out there still believe in vampires. They still believe this is a very real thing. I've even met people in Los Angeles that uh, I came across one time there was somebody doing a vampire ritual at a grave in Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Mm. And I'll never forget it. I was 12 and I was with a family member and we recognized something very odd was happening at this gravesite. And we looked up what they were doing and it was an old ancient vampire ritual. Yeah. So people still believe in these kinds of things. Now, a lot of people of course don't, but I'm of the opinion or the theory that possibly going back to consciousness and creating things with your mind. Sure. Do you think that elementals like vampires, uh, you know, Bigfoot or whatever, fairies, you know, whatever you want to, you know, term, do you think those could be made real by people's thoughts? Well, I'm going to blow your mind. Oh, okay. Vampires were real for a little bit. Ooh. We actually talked about it in our first episode. Okay. And we didn't talk about it much, but... Touched on it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They didn't last very long. Mm -hmm. um, so they're you know, not immortal. <laughs> well, no, they're not immortal just because the whole drinking human blood system didn't really work out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remind me, was that an experiment of yours? It was. Yeah. Well, everything's an experiment. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Vlad the Impaler was not a was not a vampire. So here's what happens. There's a lot of times that I I try new things, and you know. I try to do them in, in isolated areas. Mm -hmm. So it's a controlled experiment. Mm -hmm. Well, because I don't, I don't want to freak everybody out. But what does happen is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try a new thing. Somebody happens to see it, especially if it's a person. If it's other animals, they're like, oh, there's another thing you made. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, they don't think too much about it. Sure. But people, wow, they want to know everything. Yes, and we if, do. And if there's something that they don't know, they freak out. And then they add all of their own shit onto it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, werewolves was this hybrid thing I was working with. You know, it was way too much of an apex predator. It didn't, it didn't have the situation of the whole full moon and coming out. Mm -hmm. It just happened to, to see somebody on a full moon and they were like, well, I've never seen one any other day, so mm -hmm. must come out on a full moon. Um, you know, it ate a lot of people and that's things. not usually fun for no you know, well, regret that <laughs> no i mean death happens it's pretty callous i can't we've talked about this so many times i can't start taking sides and who's gonna die and who's gonna live yeah but you can start but taking... i will take responsibility when i recognize that i have clearly made something that has gone too far well that's the werewolves, most i can ask of you too werewolves far? Mm. mostly in the current existence of of creatures is too far mm -hmm. okay also because if I threw them in now, um, they would be hunted like crazy. Yes. True. So it wouldn't be good for them either way. They'd be like prize animals, probably. They would be. There are a couple of creatures that I have left that are giant experiments. They don't cause crazy amounts of harm. Mm -hmm. They live in remote places, so great white sharks. This is a 30-foot thing with a 6-foot jaw. It's a monster. Yeah, All we right. don't treat it like that because it's we don't relatively treat it like common. that. Yeah, well, 
Because it, you don't see it very much. Mm -hmm. It's the land creatures that people create a lot of legends and myths around, mostly because you share the same space. I will tell you, sea creatures have myths about great whites. That's cool. So they have their own myths? myths? Yeah, of course they do. Well, that's cool. They have stories that they tell each other. Huh. Yeah, they have holidays. Really? Yeah. Do they celebrate a Halloween-like holiday? Well, it's hard for them. They, they just pick a date because they don't keep a calendar. Uh-huh. Makes sense. You know. But they do, they do things roughly around seasons. They can recognize, oh, change of the tide is coming. Mm -hmm. We should probably migrate. Yeah. Also, happy migration day. Yeah. Oh, well, interesting. That's probably a big holiday. Yeah, yeah everybody gets together, gathers the family. We all move as a pack. That's why you see it moving that way. Let me ask you something. This is kind of in the creation vein. You're talking about experimental animals and beasts and monsters that you've made. Mm -hmm. Elementals, what a word, <laughs> that you've come up with. Um, is it possible for humans to bring something back to life? Like to bring, let's say, to bring another human back to life, like Frankenstein's monster? Well, I'll split that question up like, can you make it conscious again and have a soul and be the way that it was? Mm -hmm. No, it's already moved on. Okay, but what's the second half of that answer? Well, I'll ask you a really hyper-meta question. When do you die? Is it when your brain stops or your heart stops? Or the very last cell of hmm. your being stops. Let's say it's uh, well after the last living organism in your body has deteriorated. Sure. So that time passing, when there's no energy left in any of the cells in your body, you want to just bring it all back? You're going to shoehorn each one of these things back to life? Maybe that's not the right time to pick. Maybe you want to get a fresh body, right? Well, that's so the whole thing. So if you're talking about... Do people come back to life? Technically, yes. Their heart stops and then they can jolt back awake. Mm -hmm. Their brain could go dead for a while. They can come back. Human beings have come back to life. It all depends on where you put the marker. <sighs> that, that's an answer, and I still don't feel satisfied. I'm sorry. I'm just confessing <laughs> how I feel. I'm just giving you the facts. Yeah, and it's just not, it just doesn't feel it's not satisfying. It's not facty enough. No, it's just not interesting enough. Well, no, now here's I'm just the tweaking thing. You. Now no, I'm tweaking that's you not bit. it. You're bringing up a very valid point. People like things that feel good, not that are good for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you've already known all this information, but you refuse to accept it. Yeah. Do you think this is new for me? That I give you the facts of something and you want the answer to be something else? But God, if you're saying that um, consciousness doesn't really die because, as Einstein said, energy can't be created nor destroyed, so right. it has to go somewhere. It has to yeah, go somewhere. It's true. And in essence. Does a soul really ever die? Does it transfer to something else? I wouldn't call it a soul. And yes, it does transfer to something else. Okay. You know. What would you call it? Just an energy source or? Well, energy is everywhere. You sure. move on to multiple things. You know, the idea of reincarnation, semi-accurate in a way, because really what's happening is your energy is going back into the creation of things. You become a part of the soil and the soil grows grass and Animals eat that grass and so on and so forth. You become a part of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. You might become part of the soil. You might become part of another thing. You know, you, be, you might become a part of a hundred different things. The energy that formerly existed is you. So that way, you never die. And yet. And yet. And yet, sometimes an entity will just kind of hold together and present itself as a spirit. Yes, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Sometimes mm. 
from what I've encountered in my investigations, it does seem like, and it's not all the time, it's just some of the time, we've come across what seems to be something that, for lack of a better term, is stuck. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's energy that is, you know, more or less being stubborn. Okay. It's like, I don't want to be a part of the group. Mm. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Here's the thing about that energy. Nobody else wants to be a part of the group. They're like, you know what? If you're going to be that way, fine. You hang out here in this house and open and close the cupboards. But you don't think there's some desire for unfinished business? Like any kind of thing that on this mortal coil that we're not able to achieve? That they Everyone to... has unfinished business. I, find, I just find it somewhat heroic that a ghost would be willing to stay around. I think that humans attach a lot of stories to things, oh, which go. is a good stories. and a bad thing. You know, <laughs> it definitely makes it more fun. This is one of his big things. Stories are Sto bad. Oh. No, they're not bad. They, they, they add a, a, a spark of, of flair to it. My thing with stories is I think the real thing is interesting on its own. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have to zhuzh it up. Yeah, there's no need for embellishment. Yeah. It's cool enough as it is. But if you want to go, that person has unfinished business and they will haunt this house for the hundred years. Well, sometimes I think people, like if you are killed suddenly, sometimes I wonder if you are just taken, boom, just like that, yeah. you don't know that you're gone. And it takes a while for that energy or that intelligence to realize, oh, I'm not of this plane anymore. Oh, that's weird. Sure, yeah. So, you know... Sometimes we've come across, and I've heard of other independent researchers that have come across things like that, too. Yeah, that's not yeah. untrue. Okay. You know. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, there's also animal ghosts. There's also yes. plant ghosts. Yeah, things that didn't have time to prepare for their demise. Well, a lot of animals, when they meet their end, especially rodents, mm -hmm. those poor guys. Yeah. Well, you know, especially they worry so much about crossing an open trail where they could be seen, where hawks can get them, mm -hmm. that one day... They crossed that trail. Hawk picked them right up. Yeah. That's it. It's over. Next thing they know, they're flying above the sky, and, and then they're reading. What a lovely story. <laughs> God uh, likes his stories, though. <laughs> loves his stories. Uh, so, y'all, we have, we have some time for, um, we have a little bit of time for maybe one or two listener questions. Oh, Great. cool. And I'm going to throw these out there. Um, I don't know if you want to say this. You don't have to, spoiler, spoilers, but uh, the question is, what are you going as for Halloween this year? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm probably, well, I'm going to be in Salem this year for Halloween. Oh, my God, that's Ooh. so awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very spoiled. I'm in Salem pretty much every Halloween now, and if I'm not, I start going crazy. Um, I'm going as Katrina Van Tassel from the Tim Burton 99 film with the black and white uh, striped dress. That's so, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, let's hope my right. costume gets here in time. If not, I'm going to have to go into my closet and see what else I can put together. <laughs> uh, knowing your closet, not that I know your closet, but I figure <laughs> your closet has some options. And one of those cosplay people, you go, oh, God, what do I wear? And you yeah. go to the closet and you're like, have like 200 costumes. You're like, but this is my job, you know? <laughs> yeah. I have to come up with something else, and that sucks. So, yeah, as for now, Katrina Van Tassel. That's fantastic. Yeah. God? Uh, I'm going to go as you. Really? Oh, I'm going to be Zach for Halloween. That's really sweet. God. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Why God Why. I'm Zach, and I'm going to be your host. Well, you have a week to work on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm going as Spaceman Spiff from uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, that's cool. It's one of Calvin's fantasies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. That's a good one. Um, does summoning Bloody Mary in the mirror actually work? No. But, man, does it scare the crap out of people. Yeah. It's still scary. I still have a weird thing with bathroom mirrors in the dark. 
hmm. because that was planted in my brain so early in my life. Well, here's what I'll tell you. Most people, even when they say they've done it, they haven't done it. Uh-huh. They chicken out. Mm-hmm. There, there is this thing of like, you have built up so much suspense in your own brain that like, if you ever do do it, you see shit. And that's just because you have told your brain, oh my God, a horrifying thing is about to happen. And then guess what? Your brain goes, well, here it is. Here's a hallucination. Yeah, you're creating that thought. Yeah, you're creating that thought. You're of course you're going to see it. Yeah. People freak themselves out. Have you ever tried doing that thing? When I was a kid, yeah. And it didn't give me, you know, a drink, so I was very upset. They're... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look, mass hysteria is a real thing. I'll tell you, the Ouija board, you know, all the, the mythos and, and legends around the Ouija board? Yeah. It, it's just a thing that was made by a board game company. It has literally no history in spirituality, except that people added to it. Right. Right. That kind of gives it a certain power, though, in my esteem. Does it? Yeah, because like the it Parker was... Parker Brothers made it. It was... It, it was... It's nothing. It's a piece of cardboard mm-hmm. and plastic. And because humans believe... have invested so much into this inanimate object, it has a certain... I don't know. It has a certain life to its own. Yeah. If any of your listeners are in Massachusetts at all, the world's largest Ouija board is going to be on display until next week. Where? They created it in Salem. It's actually in Salem. So, oh, in the middle of this huge park. Yes. Now, what do you that think about so, that, God? Like, so is that cool. kind of asking for trouble to happen? or In what it... way? Well, if you're creating a huge... Do I think huge... people are going to summon demons or talk to the dead? Yeah, I think a lot of people are talking about that. No, so. I'm not concerned about them summoning demons. Cool. Okay. I think they're going to make it through unscathed. <laughs> okay. I think they'll freak out. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to walk away with stories about, oh, man, I wasn't even moving it. Mm-hmm. Who, who was? Well, it would, it would take a strong spirit to move the largest Ouija board in the world. That's true. Yeah. Like, God, possibly. Are you, know you going what? to Salem? Are you going to do this? You know what? For you, <laughs> if you go, I'll move it. Yay! If you go, I will move it, like, a foot. Fabulous. So that people wow. will freak out. But you know what? No one will believe you. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. See, that's the problem. But you'll know. Yes, Which I'll know personally. You'll know, and you'll know it was me. Okay. That yeah. makes me very happy, God. Yeah, Thank I'll you. I'll do it for you. <laughs> um, one thing before we sign off. We are not a visual medium, mm. but Kalinda is wearing pumpkin earrings. I am. Jack-o'-lantern earrings. <laughs> I just got them last week, actually. I went, oh, I don't have any Halloween earrings, so they're, i got to get something. They're magnificent. Thank you very much. I just much. think that everybody should know that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kalinda, thank you so much for joining us and talking Absolutely. about Halloween. Absolutely. My pleasure. I could be here for hours, God, but I know you have all kinds of things to do. Kalinda, so. where can we find you on the interweb? Oh, boy, on the interwebs. Um, I don't think there's too many people out there named Kalinda that sound like a kitchen instrument, like a colander. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'm on Instagram under Kalinda Gray and Facebook under Kalinda Gray. And Twitter, I'm on just Kalinda. Oh, at Kalinda. Yeah. yeah. That's I snagged, great. I snagged that quick. Well done. Squatter's <laughs> rights. Yes, exactly. Well, you can check us out. We're at Why God Podcast on Twitter. So where you can uh, send your questions and... Yeah, tweet us questions. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll read them and spook ourselves out on the air. Yeah, and go to, go to iTunes and subscribe and leave reviews and rate us. Yep, Why God Why podcast, uh, the subscriptions, and uh, particularly rating and reviewing. Those are super important to us. Um, I always say that. It really means a lot, so thank you. Yeah. 
and have a happy Halloween. You know, go go do something fun. Treat yourself. Yeah, and as you say, if you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah. If you're gonna be a sexy remote, be a sexy remote. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned, fan supported.